You're listening to Industrious Radio, a show designed to help you work hard, live fit, and lead an exceptional life. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Head to Toe Spine and Sport Therapy, a modern manual therapy practice where movement is the best medicine. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Industrious Radio Show, and today we are diving into nutrition with the man himself, Dre. What's up, buddy? Andre Jordan. Yo, train train conductor. That's right. All aboard. Diesel, baby. (laughs) Yes. Andre 1.0. Robbie just changed his profile uh, within within, uh, Industrious Metrics. He changed his profile name to Andre Jordan (laughs) 2.0. So whenever he comes into the gym on the heart rate monitoring displays, if you see Andre 2.0... It's Robbie. I love he's it. Coming, no, he's coming for you, though, Like You see some of his stats on the whiteboard are going up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let me preface this. By no means am I saying that I'm a, I'm a professional. This is my – these are the numbers or letters after my name. These are just thoughts and recommendations and some things to keep in mind Yeah. Um, from doing this for a while and understanding what works personally but also – having done this as a background. Well, totally. And, you know, uh, Dre has a ton of experience working with people. He's been in this industry for a long time. Um, he, he understands what drives results for people. Um, and I think that he can, he can, you know, support and build and, and, and bring home, uh, to everybody, a lot of the, the stuff that we, we harp on, but, you know, hearing his perspective, I think will be pretty powerful. Yeah. Nutrition is one of these things that it's, it's basically an endless topic and you, it, you can never, you never, um, lose out from hearing, getting other perspectives on it. It's just because everybody's body's a little bit different. I think some of the stuff we, you want to get into today is really about how different, you know, different people's bodies, different goals, all that can change up your nutrition mix so dramatically. Yeah. But there are some fundamentals that you need to know as well. Oh, yeah. It's huge. I mean, you've, it's just so polluted with media and everything you hear on the internet because. I mean, dang near anywhere you look right now, all it is is it's high fat or it's keto or it's going vegan for all of these reasons now. And it's just whatever's hot, whatever's popular. But you look at what drives those main topics and it's it's obesity, it's diabetes, it's people being overweight, it's right. people not exercising. And that's why these topics are what they are. Guess what? If everybody was at a really good body weight and had good amounts of skeletal muscle mass and had low body fat percent, you think we'd be talking about high fat diets all the time? No, we'd talk about carbohydrate timing, how to increase your muscle mass, how to make strength gains. But that's not um, as a as just a human race we are right now and that's what we don't talk about yeah absolutely absolutely yeah let's let's start with maybe what you consider to be one of the most important kind of fundamentals Mm -hmm. which is protein intake protein intake baby baby. a lot of people people, it's tough and especially when you when you talk to people about how to consume enough protein or how many grams or anything they should be consuming um, I mean, and, that, and that's where we're going to start. I mean, you, if you're ever going on any kind of a fitness journey, and especially when you come to health and nutrition, well, nutrition hands down is 70 to 75% of your success when you want to see your body composition change. And that's what we're all looking for. Um, now, if you are new to this, or if you're in the lifestyle challenge, or if you're just trying to be that fitter, better, healthier version of yourself, I mean, the first thing you need to, you have to understand where you're at. And there's good things like I'm going to cut out sodas. That's a good start. I'm going to not eat out fast food five days a week. Those are all great starts. But at some point you're going to feel like you're not seeing that progress or you 
feel like you're doing the right things, but are you actually, and you're kind of in this state of confusion. So taking a test, whether, you know, we've made it really easy for anybody in our community or that lives around us at all. If you can come in and get on the Embody 570, because yeah. the biggest stat you need to know is your lean body mask. And then that'll give you a really, really, really good idea of how much protein to consume. Because if you're not consuming enough protein, your skeletal muscle mass, your bones, your muscle, your tissue, that can't effectively do what it needs to do. You can't effectively burn calories. Your metabolism can't do what it needs to do. So you're losing before you've even have a chance to win at all yeah for most That's people when you're, when you're when you're when you're struggling you're stuck you're not kind of in a thing and if you were to really look at your intake almost always what i've seen is that your protein's too low and carbs and fat as a combination mm-hmm. are too high right so low protein too much carbs and fat which are energy sources we'll talk about equals poor body composition it's just that's and and you do that for 10 15 20 years and that's when yeah that's where you find yourself like man shit what happened to me well that's what happened is the protein was too low oh yeah the other energy sources were too high it it, it's notorious so i mean the first thing and so let's say you you come on in and you take an embody 570 there's even electronic scanners if you were to go to any gym you can like take these little scanners um, and the, you can even do calculations yourself. If you have an idea of your body fat percent, you can, you don't do the formula and figure out your lean body mass. Let's say for example, your, your lean body mass is currently at 120 pounds, right? Or yeah, 120 pounds. Now, if your goal is to, let's say, lose weight, like I want to lose weight. Okay. Now you're going to be at a caloric deficit. You're already going to be burning calories. Now you're going to want to make sure that that protein is at least, at least probably anywhere from a 0.9 to a 1.1 gram per pound of lean body mass. So you want to be close to at least consuming that 110, 120 grams of protein a day. Now, when you throw that number at people, they're like, oh man, that is, I have no idea. Like I can barely get 60 or 70. It's like, well, we zoom out, we look at, you know, how simple is it? You know, an ounce of protein is always going to be six grams. It doesn't matter what it is. That's always what it's going to be. And you simplify, you say, hey, you know, uh, you can buy eggs or egg whites or anything like that. And it, the, how many calories you're really consuming is very minimal because you're only getting four calories per gram, right? So you can have a cup of egg whites in the morning and you're, that's going to be roughly like 150, 200 calories. But right there, you're already at 25 grams of protein. And then for lunch, you have four to six ounces of chicken, steak, fish, anything like that. Next thing you know, boom, you've got another 25. Same thing with dinner. And then you supplement two shakes here and there throughout the day. Next thing you know, you're already at 125, 150, and you didn't even have to do anything. You've barely consumed six to 800 calories already in the day. Um, So it's a lot easier than we uh, portray it as or see it as. Yeah. The one yeah. thing I want to, one thing I want to call it a golden nugget that you just threw out there that is really easy for people to miss. And one I don't hear a lot of people talk about, and that is basing your, in your, your intake levels off of your lean mass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause most people have an ideal weight that they want to go mm-hmm. for. And even if you look at some popular like nutrition companies out there that do like templates and all that kind of stuff, oftentimes what they're doing is they're basing it off of this weight that you're, you're currently at. And then they build your whole kind of nutritional intake around that. But really the number is that lean that that is the number that lean because that will tell you really that's really where you should be building all your nutritionals around yeah and you get a big thing like if someone is let's say 240 pounds for example and for them and their body type let's say that's 60 pounds overweight for them they might hear from the wrong source or it would make sense to them to be like oh man i should consume 
200 grams of protein. And now you're at just such an excess and your body's like, what are you even doing? Like, that's this a great is point. so much. It like, really what, is a what great am I point. doing? I'm filling up. And you're like, that's so much protein. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like that is a that's lot. That's a lot of protein, bro. <laughs> that's, that's tons. You know, <laughs> and, it, and especially like primarily, I would say 70 to 85% of people that we interact with, like their goal is weight loss. Right. right? So if your goal is weight loss, lean body mass is going to burn 30 to 50 calories per pound of that lean body mass where fat's only going to burn three to five. So if your goal is to lose weight and lose body fat, your protein intake would honestly be closer to probably 1.25 grams per pound of lean body mass because you need even more protein to protect that muscle. So when you're at that caloric deficit and your body's burning off those calories, it's not eating away at that muscle. That's why we see so many people that are like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to lose 50 pounds, a hundred pounds. And they're crushing it on cardio and they're at a caloric deficit and they're doing great. But let's say their body fat was 30% and they were 250 pounds. Now they're 200 pounds, their body fat's 27%. And now it's just, they're a smaller version of what they just were. Right. Right. And they've just lost overall mass. Right. But if they were effectively consuming enough protein, keeping their fat relatively high and keeping those carbohydrates down, incorporating weightlifting and not spending 90 minutes on the treadmill or crushing out on the elliptical while you binge watch some TV show on Netflix, like <laughs> hating life, right. you know, just thinking about um, snickerdoodles or something like you would, you would have way better results and you would enjoy it more. And then you'd actually be progressing in the healthier, sustainable manner. Mm, so good, dude. Yeah. Talk to us about energy sources. So if we know that protein is so critical and we should be looking at our lean, our lean skeletal mass to kind of come up with what those protein intake goals are, then how do we figure out energy source? Because that's the other big thing. Yeah. So, and that again goes back to having an effective way to test and understand your body type, you know, again, in body 570, this isn't me trying to promote it or anything. This is the easiest, simplest way just to understand where your body is at or taking any kind of test. So if you have a higher body fat percent, if you're carrying excess body fat, your energy source is going to change. And it's a big it's a really big importance that you have to understand and you have to be able to prioritize what your current goal is because your goal is going to determine your intake. If your goal is primarily like the priority is to lose weight or reduce body fat, right? Well, then your intake is going to be different. But if you have excess weight or excess body fat, but your goal is because you want to be a bodybuilder or a powerlifter or a weightlifter, and you're like, I want to clean and jerk and snatch all of this weight. Well, then your intake will be a little bit different. You're going to carry some of that extra body fat. Um, if you have a strength goal, and if you're in a particular sport, like a powerlifting or something, that extra body mass can actually be a benefit. You might be yeah. wanting to bulk up. Yeah. And so, yeah. so the cool thing, so for most of the things, and especially that we do in the CrossFit weightlifting world is very glycolytic. It happens fast. We use a lot of ATP. We use a lot of creatine phosphate. So you need that quick energy. And that's going to be very glycolytic. It's going to come from glycogen, which is going to be our carbohydrates, right? Now, if we have that higher body fat percent, we still need to consume carbohydrates, but the timing is going to be more important. So getting in X amount of carbohydrates, 60 to 90 minutes before your training session, and then incorporating you know X amount of carbohydrates within that 15 to 30 minute window post-exercise for your body to utilize those like right in this moment. Uh, 
So here's the cool thing. And most people that come into the gym, they want to perform better. They want to be fitter and they also want to get stronger. But most of the people that we do work with are trying to reduce body fat and change their body composition. So let's say someone is 20% body fat and 200 pounds. Let's just make this simple. And they're like, I want to get a stronger clean and jerk, but I also want to get down to 12% body fat. And they want both things really, really, really bad, which you understand, which you got to understand you got to ride the wave. Right. And when I say <laughs> yeah. that, imagine that wave, it goes up and it crashes down. This wave goes up and it crashes down. So then you just, you can put things into three to six week splits or prioritize maybe four weeks at a time where you're like, all right, so for four weeks, if I need to reduce my body fat, I do need to consume less carbs and consume more fat, right? Because carbohydrates are going to be that fast acting energy and your fat's going to be that slower, um, longer digesting energy. So your fat has nine calories in a gram and carbs have four. Right, so that fat itself is taking over twice as long just to get broken down your body to metabolize it. So let's say you're 200 pounds, you're 20% body fat. These first four weeks, our goal is to just increase our fitness, get more aerobically fit, learn the fundamentals and technique, etc. So we're going to sit on that higher fat diet, and over the course of that goal, let's say over those four weeks, we reduce two and a half body fat percent, and we come down to maybe 195 pounds. But you also told me that your goal is to get stronger right? So now over these next four weeks, we're going to bring those carbohydrates up a little bit, reduce your fat so we're not offsetting. Now let's say over those next four weeks, you're 196 pounds. Your body fat is now 18%. So it went up a percent and a half or two, right? But you're, you gained a little bit of strength. And then you go through four weeks where you go back to that higher fat, lower carb, and then you reduce that body fat Two percent, and you come down to 193 pounds. So now, rather than going from 200 pounds at 20 percent to 190 pounds at 14 percent in a month, which probably wouldn't even be that good for you, now you're doing this over the course of six to eight months, and it's sustainable. And you're riding the wave. You're reducing body fat, yeah. not going to be probably at your athletic peak, but overall body composition is going to make you feel good. Right. And then we go through this phase. We're going to get a little bit stronger. And now your confidence isn't coming as much from the body composition, but your ability and your performance. You're still going to feel good. You're going to feel good for a different reason. And you ride this wave and you go up and down where you can make these changes and you can have the best of both worlds. It's just a longer process, but you have to understand I prioritize my goal as this. And the thing that you're doing is being very sustainable as you go through it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's that cyclical approach, you know, and we've talked about it in a less kind of mathematical formula is just kind of a seasonal approach because you're absolutely right. It's like knowing and prioritizing for that season where you are, what you want to accomplish, and then building your goals around that and your intake around mm-hmm. your goals so that those things connect in that you're not just running. I like what you're saying. You're saying, you know, you're not just running after this one thing the whole time that you're you're introducing some variation to help the body cycle through, gain strength and decrease body fat over time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like if your goal is to, you know, if you're 200 pounds of 20% body fat and you're like, I want to put a hundred pounds of my clean and jerk and I want to be 10% body fat. <laughs> well, you got to prioritize one. Yeah. Yep. You, you have to like, Especially if you're impatient. And you, and you, you know, can't you, expect yeah, it, yeah, right? Like you yeah. can't just sit there and be like, I want a million dollars and just expect it to happen and hope for it. Like you have to go out and do the work and understand it's a process. It's going to take time. You're going to have to ride the wave and go through these peaks and valleys. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that uh, you brought up in the past or talked about is that different body types, you know, different body types require different types of intake. You need to look at your goals. You know, sometimes um, if a person has one particular body type, 
yet they might be looking uh, on a magazine cover, or maybe they have a, like a fam- famous like celebrity or fitness model that they follow on Instagram, and they're like, I want to look like that person, but maybe that person who they want to look like has a completely different body type, yeah. doing different stuff. So let's talk about body types, yeah. uh, because this is something that you don't hear enough about, I don't think. It, yeah. like, it hasn't been popular for a long time, and so it's not like the, the like hyped thing anymore yeah. um, since like the 50s, but I think it's like a really cool Oh, a powerful concept. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as a human, you have the right, without a doubt, to understand what type of body you have and how your body works. Yeah. And just like anything in the world, you can't control how things started, but you can always control how things end, right? Yeah. Um, that's what we have the ability to do. So you basically have three major body types. You have an endomorph, an ectomorph, and a mesomorph. Like Those are your three body types, right? Um, if anybody wants to know what an ectomorph is... Everybody knows who Jeremy is. That is a full-blown ectomorph. Yeah. And they love carbs. Yeah. If you told Jeremy to go keto, I would be so worried. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the guy's body could not function. The metabolism is operating way too high. The bone structure itself in the body are, is way too small. And you, their body needs calories. It needs carbs. And it needs protein. It needs it. Totally. Like, and for those of you guys that don't know Jeremy, Jeremy's six four, long, lean. That's lanky. his. That's his yeah. body type. You know. And then you have your mesomorphs, and those are going to be more of your balanced people. So they have, and they're gonna. They're never gonna go over the top crazy in body fat, but they can climb body fat pretty easily, and they can also decrease body fat pretty easily. And they do better with more of a well balanced nutrition. So it literally is like those plates you've seen where you've got like your protein is a third, or your fats a third, and your carbs a third. They do really good with well balanced nutrition. And then on that third scale, you have that endomorph. And those are going to be your thicker, bigger bones, natural, heavier set people, right? And for those people, they're going to be the complete opposite of the ectomorph where they need that higher fat, higher protein, lower carbohydrate diet because their body naturally already carries that extra body fat and can put it on very easily. And most people are a blend, right, of body yeah. types. So then yeah, you have pure types. Like yeah, it's a, kind like, of how kids are made and stuff. You right. Know, like you have yeah. Two different people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have two different body types. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you might have different. So you so you got to kind of know that's where knowing yourself and having this this model can really help because you might you might be a pure type. Like Jeremy's like you're probably pure, or you might be, or you might be like an ecto, maybe with a little bit of meso because you actually mm-hmm. carry more muscle mass than I would say like oh, a yeah. pure ecto. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Like a pure ecto is going to be rail thin. They're going to be your hard gainer can't get fat, but also is going to struggle with muscle mass. So they can oh, yeah. look really shredded, um, but they can also kind of not have a lot of muscle definition either and just mm-hmm. be really skinny and, yeah. s- and no matter what they do. Um, so you you carry a fair amount of muscle mass. So that's what makes me think, you know, maybe you're acto, a little bit acto meso and you, you're probably closer to like pure meso. Yeah. I, yeah. I personally, like I'm a full blown meso. I was going to say you're like, pure meso is what I would So And like if, if you kind of want to understand you, look at your, look at your parents yep. and, you know, look at look at what they look like and that'll give you really good tell. I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, one of your parents was a full-blown endo and the other was a full-blown ecto. And that's going to actually put you a little bit more in a mezzo kind of a range, right? If both your parents are really lean, skinny, lanky, and like you guys can go to um, Olive Garden and eat like three things of garlic bread before you even get your pasta, and none of you guys like gain weight, like <laughs> you're, you're optimized. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you're, that's the person yeah. that everybody hated in high school. Exactly. You know? um, exactly. Yeah. So you have to look at the blend and then understand how your body's going to react, right? So in the ectomorph, if you're predominantly more of that leaner, lankier human and like you can burn calories very quickly and a good way to know about it do you struggle gaining weight 
are you the person that's like, oh my God, I can't gain weight. This is so hard. And everybody always tells you to shut up. <laughs> You're that person, right? You have to look at your nutrition and be like, okay, you need massive amounts of calories and your calories need to predominantly come from carbohydrates, protein, and low fat. Your body's trying to utilize these things quickly because it's burning things off very, very quickly. And then your training program or training regimen is all about very just staying consistent. You don't need to be the person training two, three times a day. You don't need to be the person that's doing anaerobic, short, super intense workouts. You're going to do better with a really well-balanced, consistent training program, right? As long as you're consuming enough calories, and especially if you struggle gaining weight. I meet people all the time like, oh, it's so hard to gain weight. And they're like, I'm eating 4,000 calories and I still can't gain weight. Well, yeah, because you're inconsistent about it. I don't care that you hit 4,000 calories on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then on all the other days a week, you barely hit 2,000. <laughs> obviously, you're not going to gain weight. Yeah. Some, some, some pure ectotypes need to eat upwards really of four to five, some five, 6,000 calories a day. Yeah. If they're in a gaining mode and they're looking to increase their, their lean muscle mass, it be That's very how it is for, for me personally. Yeah. You yeah. know, when, it, when, when I was competitive, I had to be 4,500, 5,000 calories a day or I would just not get the performance enhancements that I needed. And they're going to be more of that type 2 muscles. So they're going to be a little bit denser and thicker and that's why they burn so much more, right? Yeah. And you have your mesos and so your mesomorphs is going to be your more well-balanced people. Um, so for example, like that's going to be more of me where we sometimes have to do more work um, because our body can actually handle that more work. So a mesomorph can handle way more work than an ectomorph. Like their durability tends to be higher because they already carry extra mass. Their bones are bigger and they tend to carry a little bit extra body fat, but they're going to do better with a much more high intensity. So a mesomorph coming in, doing a CrossFit class, they do really good when they always work up to the heavier loads, like staying 80 plus percent on weights and just getting that really good stimulus. And when you do workouts, don't try and hold back, like go for it, let it rip. You have that anaerobic output there and ready to use. And then on that third scale is that endomorph when you're that naturally bigger, thicker person, right? It's just controlling that fat, controlling that protein and minimalizing that carbohydrate intake to too late in the day or consuming way too many carbs on that non-active days Mm -hmm. and centering them around your activity output. And then you're going to do better with moderate loading, um, light to medium weights, because that's going to what's get bumped that metabolism up and get your body working and burning those calories. And for many, you know, if you look at, um, it's, it's just really interesting, but for, for many women who are, have, have had weight issues or have been looking to lose weight and they feel like they're, they have to be really on it and they want to lean out oftentimes, and they carry their weight generally in their hips and low body, generally what they are is a combination of an endo-mezzo or a meso-endo, almost mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's why this is important because sometimes when you feel like, man, I do all kinds of stuff and I'm always trying, I'm never quite at my goals or I never feel like I'm getting the progress I want um, or I take two steps forward and five steps backwards, part of it is knowing your body type because that really can start to inform then to what you're talking about. That's your food, but your training routine, mm-hmm. uh, the type of programming that you should, you're subscribing to, but then also the rest that you need. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're an endomorph, like, you know, three, three to five days a week of just consistent, don't beat yourself to shit every single day. Cause your body's not going to survive. And endomorphs, like it takes a long time to recover. Like you take an endomorph through a heavy, heavy weightlifting workout, you put them through a gnarly Metcon, they're on the couch hating life and they already have all this excess 
weight or mass on their body. And now you're getting them to crave more of what they don't need, right? Mm -hmm. So they do better with just that very consistent, moderate loading at a very consistent basis, stuff that gets their metabolism going. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because these body types then tend to track towards kind of your weight, your, your body fat, how, like where you gain it, how much you gain it, how easy it is, as well as your muscle mass, but then also kind of tied into insulin sensitivity. So I know that one of the things you've brought up is when, when you have a certain amount of body fat that starts to skew or change your insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, this is, this is probably the biggest thing. Um, it's so cool. It is so cool how the body works and how it reacts. Um, so let's say what insulin sensitivity is, it's basically how your body utilizes insulin. And so different things trigger it. Now, if you have higher body fat, right, you have excess weight on your body, chances are you're going to be more prone to diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, all these different issues, right? Because your body's not effectively using insulin. And when your body can effectively use, use insulin, you have all of these really, really good health benefits. But one of the biggest things that not as many people talk about is like this metabolic process of clearing waste out of your body, right? And your healthy organ functions and all of those kind of things. So if uh, insulin sensitivity, I've been seeing this a lot, especially now that we've brought the InBody 570 and then just from the background itself um, is you get a lot of people where, um, you know, they're, they subscribe to uh, this meal plan template and because they do CrossFit and weightlifting and all these things where it's glycolytic, it's high energy output, all these things, they predominantly tell you high carb, high protein, low fat. Right. Now, if you carry excess body fat, Anytime you exercise, your body's trying to use that because it's this energy. It's trying battery. to burn it off, right? Body fat is a, ba- is a battery. Yeah. It's and stored it's, energy. It's stored and it's ready and it's, and it's going, right? Now, if you have excess body fat and you have this excess mass or weight and you start putting in what it's already trying to burn out. So if you're 20% body fat and someone tells you eat 300 grams of carbs a day, but your goal is to get down to 10%. The chances of you getting 10% eating 300 grams of carbs a day and you're moderately working out four to five days a week is going to take a really, really long time or chances are it's probably not going to happen. Right. So we, so in that case, we would bring those carbohydrates down, keep the fats higher. So you're getting your energy from that fat, right? It's actually going to give you that satisfaction. You're going to feel fuller longer yeah. and all those really good benefits, right? Just the oils is good for your joints and everything that goes along with that. So now what insulin sensitivity is, for example, a lot of people see um, just fit people or people that are really lean, like these men that are between like 7 to 11% body fat or these females that are between 14 and 17. Like, wow, like, look at her. She's eating like all those carbs. Like she's eating all that oatmeal. He's eating all these bagels or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, when your body fat's at a reduced level, you have less of that battery charged, right? And it needs to happen faster. So insulin sensitivity is when that body fat's lower and you put carbohydrates in your body, your body is more sensitive and it utilizes it much quicker. Example, bodybuilders, when they go on stage, whether you're male or female, they go through an eight to a 12 week um, cut. And by the time they get to their show, they're so depleted. Same thing for a UFC fighter, MMA or boxers. They're so, so, so depleted. But for a bodybuilder, for example, they'll be depleted. Like their muscles are flat. They have no vascularity. They have some striations just because they're lean and they look like garbage. Like they're 
dying. You can see it in their eyes. Mm-hmm. But before they go on stage, in the back of the stage, 20, 30 minutes before they step on stage, they're, they're eating pixie sticks. They're putting down Oreos. They're eating gummy bears. They're eating Swedish fish. They're eating white rice. And they're just putting in these simple carbs. And boom, they step on stage. Their muscles get full. Their veins start popping out. All this insulin shooting through their body. And they get this full, energized, crazy good look, right? And so you can kind of go around to people and you people that are high fat, low carb, you go up and they might be lean, right? Their vascularity is going to be more minimal because there's less glycogen, there's less carbs filling that, right? You touch their muscle, their muscles are going to be a little bit softer, right? That muscle in that cell isn't going to be full with that ready to use energy. And then you put that person next to the person that's at that same body fat percent, but they're putting down 500 grams of carbs a day and they're timing it. Their muscles are full. They have more vascularity. Their energy levels are a lot better and they have that full dense muscle and they're ready to perform and they can put out that higher output. So insulin sensitivity is to make this really simple. If you have excess body fat and you're eating high carbs, you're going to take a really long time to see your results, right? And you're not going to get the benefit of high carbohydrates because you already have excess energy. Yep. When your body fat, is, body fat is at a reduced level, consuming more carbohydrates with really good timing, you will reap much greater benefits and rewards because your body is using that energy much faster because it's more sensitive. Yeah. Boom. Yep. That's what it's Bam. about right there. I mean, if yeah. you have a lot, extra body fat, you got to keep, you got to get to watch those carbs, man. You mm-hmm. got to eyeball, you got to know how you're going to be using carbs and your point you need. This is where like maybe carb timing or meal timing mm-hmm. does come into play. If you're going to be a carbohydrate driven athlete. Um, and if your body fat is lower then generally you're going to be able to use more carbs. And it, it's like a, it's like, why God, why, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, but that's just how it is. You know, I'm sorry. Like well, if you yeah. got, you know, that's just, that's the reality. And the yeah. thing is, it's so bass backwards, you know, yeah. like everybody looks at it and they're like, you know, like that's really messed up. Why is somebody with less body fat get to eat more or whatever well it's like that's actually what your body was intended to do like there's a reason that when you're x amount percent of body fat it's unhealthy or you're on the higher side of average or you're on the lower side like there is a certain percent of body fat where you should be at as a human for your body to have longevity for your organs to have good function and for brain function and for health and for all of these different benefits like so if you're 25 percent body fat and you're sitting there like that's unfair that that person at 8% is able to eat so much more food. It's not unfair. Chances are that person is more disciplined and they didn't go off the rails. You know, it's really interesting too, because yeah. if you look at Sports Illustrated, like that, I love that body edition they do where everybody's naked. Yeah. You know, like, so one of the things that's interesting about that is a lot of high level athletes are not at super insane low body fat levels no. of, of below 10% body fat for dudes and for women below 14%. They absolutely are not in many, many, many sports because mm-hmm. from a performance standpoint, they're, you're, that's like you're not in an optimum state mm-hmm. of to perform unless that's your natural like body type active yeah, body type totally like well and look at Camila Blanc Bazinet when she won the CrossFit Games you know she was I would say that that relative to all the other athletes when she won it she was carrying more percent body fat just based on the eyeball test than the other athletes were oh yeah and that's just an observation but you know I, I agree with you well and there's. There's so many things that go into it, but like to your to your examples, like I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, um, and LeBron James came back and played uh, played against the Clippers last night. But there's a picture of him training, and he was shooting around. And like when you see LeBron James, you're like, oh, dude, that guy's a brick. But like there's a picture of him, and he's like shooting the basketball, and he shot his shirt off. Like you don't look at him and be like, whoa, look at that like insane eight pack or anything like that. Like 
I mean, he's got like a little bit of abs, but it's like nothing crazy. Like it's nothing more than just an average healthy human, you know? So you have to look at your fuel. Um, and a big thing you also have to understand, you have to understand the process. If you gained 50 pounds over the course of five years, right? You're like, oh man, I'm really unhealthy. I gained 50 pounds, whatever. I mean, you're averaging 10 pounds a year. You're averaging less than gaining a pound a month. So if you're frustrated about all this weight you gained or body fat, understand the process of how long it took to gain that weight or gain that body fat. And yeah, you can basically replicate it. And that's going to be a similar time duration of how to lose it. Like if it took you a long time to gain excess weight, it's going to take you a moderate amount of time to lose that weight as well. If you gain weight fast, you'll lose weight fast. If you gain weight slow, you'll lose weight slow. Um, and they it, they go hand in hand with each other. They absolutely do. And and I think too, when you're looking at, again, back to this whole idea of goals and intake, you know, it also in, in your own body type, it's like part of our, I think our message is one, like get clear on, on where you're at right now and where you want to go. And the best way to do that is in body. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, like understand like your body type and how that is unique and different than anybody on Instagram, blah, 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 all the other bullshit out there and like figure out for your body type, like what do you need to be doing? Right. And then talk with somebody, talk with you, Dre, you know, do some research. Like that's where you can then start to build a, a customized plan for yourself, a personalized plan. So you can get closer to that goal. Oh, that is yeah. the right goal for you. Well, totally. and this is the worst thing. And this is, this is the thing that flipping makes me so upset. <laughs> you get people that, and they're like, they reach out to nutritionists. They reach out to companies that do templates and programs for nutrition. And let's say, especially in the world that we're in in fitness, which is predominantly like the CrossFit functional fitness world, let's say on average you're eating, you know, 3,200 calories a day. Just because you don't eat that well, you're really inconsistent, you eat out a lot, and all of these different factors. And this nutritionist that you emailed emails you back and they're like, hey, I need you to eat 1,500 calories a day or 1,700 calories a day. Let's be generous and say you're consuming 3,200 calories right now. And the nutritionist says, I want you to eat 23, which is only a 900 calorie difference, right? And maybe 2,300 is appropriate. But people do that and they're like, okay, I'm going to do that tomorrow. And will you change your body 900 calories in a day? Like your body doesn't react well. Your body's like, oh, whoa, what's going on? So if you've been consuming all these calories and then you drop it the next day by a thousand calories, right. your body's going to keep holding on to what it has. And you're going to be like, well, now I'm not frustrated because I'm not losing weight. Well, you have to do it at a sustainable manner. So maybe over the course of the next four weeks, you reduce 200 to 250 calories per day for seven days. And you can do that over the course of weeks. And again, you're riding that wave, right? And you're going with the peaks and valleys, but you have to understand that if you're doing something, you have to know what you're doing right now. Like people will come up and be like, how many calories are you today? I have no idea. Like, well, don't you know this? And it's like, yeah, I can look at you. I can see, you know, this weight or that weight or anything like that, but I have to know what you're doing first. Right. And it's like, let's take, take the complexity out of tracking your macros get a notebook, get a piece of paper and write your food down. Don't even worry about writing. I had eight ounces of chicken. Don't even write it down. Just write down everything you ate in a day. Write down. I had for breakfast, I had oatmeal, eggs, and a banana. And then for lunch, I had um, a sandwich with chicken and lettuce. And for dinner, I had steak and rice. And just right there, you can like talk to somebody and then show them portion sizes with your hand. And you can start getting an idea. But if you haven't tracked or haven't even done the simplest form of tracking, just writing it down, not the numbers, not the weight, not nothing, just 
what you actually ate. Like as a noun, what did you eat, right? If you can't do that, you can't go out and ask for how many calories should I be doing? Because someone could give you the perfect number, but if it doesn't align with what you've been doing, and if it's not realistic, your body can't do it and it's not sustainable, you'll get discouraged and you're back to square one all over. Yep. Nutrition, yeah. Nutrition can be the most confusing and frustrating thing in the world, uh, or it can be a pathway to get you to what you want. And really, you know, I think the key point that you're saying is you got to know where you're at right now, both from a body composition standpoint and then from an intake standpoint. You got to know where you want to go. And then from there, you can start to build a plan and a process that will gradually get you there over time with patience and precision uh, and a little bit of self love and check and adjust, see what's working, what's not working. And that's how it is. There's no magic. There's no, there's no uh, wand that can be waved. There's nothing else that can be done. That is the path forward. And it's just a, and it is a path and you got to walk it out. Yeah. I mean, and if, I know we talked about a lot of stuff and skimmed over a lot of stuff. And like, if it, if someone's listening to this show and they want three biggest takeaways, first takeaway, take some kind of a test. And these tests are cheap. They're $10, $20 at anywhere. You can come into industries and do it for 25 bucks. Like take the test and know where your body's at. Yeah. That's the number, number one. You got to get you that. You got to understand your body. Yeah. Second thing, eat enough protein, like eat enough protein, protein. depending on what that test is. Third thing, prioritize what your goal is. Is your goal changing your body composition, getting stronger, increasing, whatever it is, prioritize it. If you do those three things, about 15 other things will fall into place just like that. Absolutely. Yep. I love it, man. Yeah. Well, Jerry, thank it's you awesome. for being here and dropping yeah, some man. knowledge bombs on us bombs. to help us get to where we want to go in life. Because that's what it's about, babe. That's where we're going. That's we're on a journey. We're, for, we're on a journey. We are in the art of transforming ourselves, and we do it using the methodology that we talked about here and on all of our shows and what we bring to life in the gym. Guys, this is a great episode. Yeah, it was. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Work hard, live fit, eat some protein, baby. We'll see you on the next show. <laughs> Peace out.